This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This very well may be the last episode of 2016 for the Clock Dodgers podcast. If it is, it is brought to you by No Halftime. Like this entire season has been, like this entire year has been, the Clock Dodgers podcast has been sponsored by No Halftime, a daily fantasy sports app that allows you to play player versus player challenges. Right now you are in football season. They do baseball, basketball, tennis, NASCAR, I believe, golf, all kinds of stuff. So don't stop once the football season stops. Use the promo code CLOCK100 when you sign up and they will match up to $100 of your initial deposit can't go wrong with that you can challenge your friends you can challenge your family you can settle long lost beefs that you've had over certain players and player versus player matchups or you could just accept the challenges that are on the you know the main page of the app there um visit their website nohalftime.com it's been a great season guys we love you thank you to all of our sponsors we're looking forward to a great 2017 new sponsors new content new everything it's going to be exciting really really exciting if you're interested, hit us up. Down low, no halftime clock buzzers. Cannot play with it. Cannot win with it. Cannot go with it. Can't do it. You play with the game. I mean, listen, we talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We talking about are now locked in to the Clock Dodgers Podcast. Clock Dodgers Podcast. Episode 56 of the Clock Dodgers Podcast. We're doing a trifecta today. I'm your host, Neil. Of course, we got my boy Adam on the line here, as always. And and what's up, man? And we have an extra guest on the line today, and that's Anthony from the Fantasy Authority. FantasyAuthority.com, Fantasy Authority Podcast. Everything of authority of fantasy, I guess. How you doing, man? I'm doing awesome. I like that. <laughs> yeah, Everything man. of the authority of fantasy. Yeah. yeah. I'm doing great, man. How are you guys doing? Doing all right. We're actually happy to have you on here, man. This has been a long time in the making. You know, I was on your podcast a few weeks ago, and now you're finally here, and you're here just at the right spot, though, because it's championship week, man. Yeah, absolutely. I was really happy we were able to get it together. Back when we were ta- we talked about it, I don't know, it must have been three or four weeks ago, and we're like, when can we do this? Because you guys have a, a later podcast than I'm used to. And it just, the stars aligned. I have off tomorrow, so tonight worked out great, and it's championship weekend. Yeah, who, who, who knew that it would happen right before Christmas, that our schedules would align, though? It's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, usually it's the opposite. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. You guys have been having busy weeks, man. I'm, I've, been, I've been It's been kind of crazy for me, just super busy getting toys and things ready, and it's just been nuts. Everything's been just crazy, so... I don't know. How, how, have you guys been pretty busy? Dude, it's so hard to concentrate on my championship lineups when I've got all this holiday stuff going on. Yeah, it's it's been pretty crazy. Oh, yeah, I agree. I, 
Luckily, I only have one championship roster to worry about. But <laughs> luckily. <laughs> yeah, it's like a Man. gift and a curse, right? I mean, you want to have a lot, but at the same time, it's like, ah, it's actually nice to get down to like one team and stuff and not have to worry about the rest. <laughs> Listen, I should have three. I'm still bitter about last week. I'm sure it'll come up. Yeah, <laughs> I'm bitter about some too, so I don't even want to scratch that wound anymore. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, we always try to open up the show with just some some things that are on my mind that are on, that we're, we're kind of... You know, just you know, floating around there in the atmosphere. Um, one thing I want to talk about really quick. Um, we have we've had questions from him before. It's a a gentleman by the name Darth Pai Shai. Adam actually had to help me pronounce his name um, the first couple of times around. And the reason I'm bringing him up is because he's actually a teacher at a high school. Um, he teaches high school math, I believe it is. And I seen a picture he posted on the internet. I thought this was pretty cool on the uh, Fancy Life app, where he actually had his students play fancy football as like part of his curriculum or whatever. Um, so, so I thought it was really cool because he had them like score their own teams themselves and everything. And kind of, you know, that's kind of the educational part of it. He had to, you know, find something to make it educational, I guess. But I just thought it was really cool because, you know, here's a guy, you know, trying to do something creative, something that he's obviously passionate about besides teaching and incorporating it into his, you know, his educational plan for the kids. And I thought it was really cool because not a lot of teachers do that. It seems like a lot of teachers just try to get you in and out and, you know, get you through that grade level. And, you know, it was good and inspiring to see so many you know, taking a step above and doing it with something that we love, you know? Um, so I just wanted to kind of give him a big shout out to that. And what do you guys think about that? Do you think that's a, a good thing? You think he's starting those kids on a, on a good path? Yeah, man, that sounds awesome. What age group is it? It's high school. I don't know exactly what grade. I don't know if it was all the different grades or what, but now um, I seen he had a picture up with like them in front of the board with all the scores and stuff. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> that's pretty, that's pretty great. Actually, I would have loved if I had a math teacher do that. Hopefully he made them add up their scores without a calculator. <laughs> I was thinking it too, because I was like, I hated math in school. I was like, what if I played fancy football in my math class? How much different that would make things? So I just wanted to open it up with giving him a shout out really quick, um, because I thought it was pretty cool to see. Something I, I did see pertaining directly to football um, in the headlines, I think it was today. I don't know if you guys seen this or not, but Brian Hartline the wide receiver for the Browns, last on the Browns. Um, he was on a radio show. I forget which radio show it is now, but he basically was talking crazy about Terrell Pryor. And you guys know I love Terrell Pryor. Um, he, let me kind of just go to his quote really quick. I just, just want to see what you guys think about this. I want to see if you guys agree with him. Um, I obviously disagree. Like I said, I'm a big fan of his, but I just want to see what you guys think. So he was asked about you know Pryor and I guess his contracts coming up and you know I guess how he would look at it. And he said... If I'm building a team, what is he? Is he my number one? God, I hope not. Because let's put it this way. For me, I want a guy day in and day out. I know what I'm getting. Um, you don't know what you're going to get. He's been productive. At no point has he been dominant. I need stability. I need a constant production. Is he a number two? Okay, yeah. I mean, maybe. I don't know. He kind of disappeared in the last couple of weeks. If he was a quarterback, they'd be like, oh, they're figuring him out. He can't do it anymore. They're finally figuring out their rookie quarterback. But for Terrell, they're like, oh, no, he had a he had a down game. So I'm very apprehensive as a Cleveland Browns guy to give out that contract. What do you guys think? We'll start with Anthony. What, what do you think about this, man? Do you agree with him about Pryor, or are you, like, all in on Pryor? First of all, as a Cleveland Browns, you played one season for the Browns. Dude, get over it. I don't know. It, so it sounds like a bitter former player to me, but I, I... Listen, Terrell Pryor, I don't think it's number one either. That part I can agree with. But how much money does he think they're possibly going to give him? He's a he's a guy who was you know transitioned from quarterback to receiver with one good season. NFL teams are pretty smart. They they know what their players are worth. 
Yeah, Adam, what do you think about it, man? Are you are you with uh, Brian Hartline here? Or are you with us? No, I mean, bitter player is a good way to put it, Anthony. That's kind of what it comes across as. Ultimately, for me, Terrell Pryor, I think, you know, to say that he's not a number one is, I I guess, fair analysis at this point. The idea that defenses might start figuring him out as they, you know, gain film on him makes sense. I mean, that's, you know, just typical of any career arc for for really any player. Uh, And at the wide receiver position, it's, you know, a lot of it's footwork, a lot of it's his speed. And when they can start figuring out what he's going to be doing before he does it, you know, he's going to have to learn to grow and adapt as a wide receiver. That being said, I mean, we've seen a lot of these uh, players that transition from the quarterback position, be able to learn a playbook really well, and then be able to get on the right page with their quarterback. And I think prior, if he gets a really talented quarterback behind center which cleveland very well could in this next year's draft even though they're cleveland so they probably won't um, <laughs> but uh, but on the off chance that they do i could really see prior being able to you know establish that sort of chemistry and you know he's not a traditional x wide receiver he's not that big bodied guy who's just going to go on these 10 yard hook routes and just get first down after first down and just be running these like little slant patterns that being said, he's a versatile player who can utilize his speed in ways that under a good offensive coordinator, they can really look to exploit defenses with. Yeah, so so think, it, what were you going to say? Go ahead. I'm sorry, yeah. I, I, and I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there. Like, who who cares if he's the prototypical number one wide receiver as long as he's making plays? And he showed this year he's a playmaker. Exactly. I, I, I It sounds like we all agree that Brian Hartline sounds like a bitter ex-girlfriend at this point. So <laughs> I, I'm not sure what his deal is, but go away, Brian. We don't care what you got to say, man. Um, Terrell Pryor's the man, and he's going to do just the fine. Need to st- the Browns need to start Cody Kessler. That's the problem. RG3 is awful. What's crazy, crazy is the Browns finally get something good, to, you know, as far as, like, you know, someone, someone showing some talent, and this dude is knocking him. It's like, come on, man. Hey, just let RG3 get through one more game. I got him playing in a fantasy championship game this week. You, you're playing him? Oh, I, I have I have a really odd dynasty league that allows you to start up to three quarterbacks, and uh, I punted at quarterback in the startup draft this year, and I've made the fantasy championship uh, with RG three and Sam Bradford as my quarterbacks. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, That's I, amazing. I, I created a new label or a new low, if you will, for late round quarterback. I uh, yeah, but uh, talk about a man doing something with nothing, man. I know, but it it makes it really tough. But RG three did it for me last week. Top ten quarterback. Yeah, we'll see, man. We'll see how he how he does. I guess you know it's scary. I guess in your format and in your position, you know, it's just it's something you have to do. But if you're you know a person and you're only starting one quarterback, I doubt there's many starting RG three unless you're in like some crazy super deep league or something. I guess I don't know. Um, so we'll see. But stop hating on Terrell Pryor, Brian Hartline. Um, I do have a question this week that we we got a, a few questions submitted and people bringing stuff up that seem to pertain around, um, you know, end of the season moves, end of the season trades. Um, I know Adam, I know you have one that we'll get to. Um, I want to get to a little bit later with you, um, but I do have one from uh, at Two Drink Minimum and another uh, member of the Fantasy Life app. I just want to see what you guys, you know, feel about this situation. So he kind of sent me this last week but we didn't get to use it. So we're going to use it here. He said that he was playing in a consolation bracket. So there's no money or anything on the line. Just pretty much bragging rights at this point for him. Um, he, he, he wanted to know 
in his position, since it was just a consolation, you know, point for him, um, would it be okay to drop a guy like Melvin Gordon, who's injured, you know, is not going to play so that he can move on a guy like Deion Lewis, knowing that one of the final four people will likely then pick up a guy like Melvin Gordon, who could, you know, essentially win them a championship if he is healthy and gets everything back together in time, since he's been a top player all year. So he's basically saying, you know, is it wrong? Is it fair? You know, if he drops Melvin Gordon and allows somebody this opportunity to pick him up? Um, you know, I would start by saying that it's not necessarily unfair, but he's got an entire roster full of players and they're not all going to be playing for him this week. Right. So if he's going to go and drop Melvin Gordon, a player that can help someone else's lineup, if I'm the commissioner of that league, I'm at least going to talk to that owner and be like, is there anyone else you want to drop? And if not, maybe that's a situation where you put a hold on a player in Melvin Gordon's case and don't allow him to be picked up by any of the teams in playoff contention. Cause that, that can swing things a little bit too dramatically. And I don't know personally, if I'm that owner and I'm looking at basically any one of my rosters, I'd be hard pressed to find a roster where Melvin Gordon is the worst player and the most droppable asset. Right. So that's kind of where I'd stand on it. You agree with that, Anthony? Or? Yeah, I agree I, that it's, it's not necessarily unfair, but it's certainly in poor taste. And uh, if I were the commissioner, I would certainly have a conversation with the guy and be like, hey, let's drop somebody else. Okay. Yeah. Let, let, let's not give a, a team that's actually in it an unfair advantage um, by possibly picking him up. Yeah. The e- easiest way to look at it is like, imagine you lose and like the championship to the guy who picked up Melvin Gordon. Like, you would be pissed. So that's probably the easiest yeah. way to look at it and kind of you know come to an understanding of where the people are coming from. Um, so I, I agree with you guys. I don't. It's not unfair. It's not like it's unethical or something. But it just. You know, it wouldn't it, like you said, it would be in poor taste. That's pretty much a good word to use. You know, not that you're purposely doing it, but it just make it really make things weird <laughs> to end the season. Yeah, I, I agree with Adam too. I find it hard to believe there's nobody else on that roster you can drop. Yeah, two trick minimum, man. You're trying to start trouble. So it sounds like <laughs> it sounds like you're just drop your the, third quarterback that you're carrying. Poking the bear, man. That's what he's doing. <laughs> so, um, the last thing I wanted to mention before I get into some of our, our segments and stuff that we do here is it's it's right before Christmas, so I didn't want to go without mentioning this. I, I mentioned it on a previous podcast, Adam, you know, you were familiar with it, how we did the Toys for Tots drive. Um, it was me, uh, guys from uh, Break from the Grind podcast, and also from Fancy Life OGs, and basically we asked people for donations. We got about $1,000 in donations. And so we hit up some stores, Target, all these other stores, about a bunch of toys. And I got to say, you know, from that experience, that was like one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life. So I really just wanted to thank everybody who donated to that um, and encourage more people, you know, to do it in the future. And hopefully, you know, we can do it even bigger and better next year. It was kind of a first time around for all of us, you know, maybe include more people and do bigger, you know, do it even bigger. Um, but I just wanted to thank everybody who donated, that it was really cool and uh, fun to be a part of and it was it, it really hit when we went into like the warehouse where they stored the toys and where they like separated them and put them into like uh bins and everything like that it was like just crazy the number of kids i think the lady said there was gonna be, like twenty thousand kids that had to come there and get toys and stuff Jeez. just in like the orlando area that's where we did it at because all three of us were you know from florida and that was kind of a spot for us all to meet up at one spot they kind of lived up there so um it was just like crazy to hear like the stories and everything from this lady and 
you know, meet the Marines and stuff that were there. So I just wanted to kind of thank everybody, you know, let them know it was really real. It was felt really good and um, definitely encouraging, you know, to keep doing those kind of things. Uh, you know, it's that type of this time of the season, but you could do it year round too. So I did just want to bring that up because it felt really good. And I wish you guys could have been there. It was good. <laughs> so, That's a good job by you guys. That should be the season of, of giving, right? Yeah, yeah. And it felt good. And I just want to, like, you know, encourage people to do it more. And I, I want to figure out more things. You know, like, Toys for Tots obviously is, you know, big around the holiday season. But if there's any other, like, type of, you know, charities or, you know, foundations or things that get involved in, like, if people have suggestions or anything, um, you know, different ones that you could do other times of the year, not just during, you know, the holiday and stuff, but, um, throw those at us, you know what I mean? Tweet them at me, email them, whatever, like things that people think would be, you know, good ideas. At least, um, we can get creative with it. We could do all kinds of stuff. Maybe fancy authority links up with clock Dodgers does some other stuff. I don't know. You know, I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, we're never going to turn down a chance for charity, man. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. So that's awesome. All right. So what I want to get to now guys is our, am I crazy? If segment, um, these are going to be, you know, questions, that were either sent to me or that I kind of just thought of some fun ones. And I just want to see if you guys think we're crazy if these statements are, you know, the statements that are being said here. And I guess we'll kind of go back and forth. So we'll let Anthony go first on the first one and Adam will go second. And then on the second one, Adam will go first. Tony, I think we got, I think we can handle this, right? We're all adults. We got this. Um, so sure. the first, am I crazy if, am I crazy if I say, Savage, the quarterback for the Texans, is the future quarterback of the Texans. Yep. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> uh, yeah. Why, why am I crazy? Why am I crazy? So listen, Tom Savage actually could be a, a pretty good quarterback, but I'm not sure that the Texans have can rely on that. Like, you know, the old coaches, I forget who exactly said it, but you're supposed to draft a quarterback every single year till you hit on one, right? I mean, the Texans, do they ever draft a quarterback? When the heck was the last time Houston drafted a quarterback? I, I saw it the other day, actually, and I forget. Um, but it hasn't been in the first round, like, ever. And then they pay $72 million for a guy who can't throw the freaking ball. John Elway didn't even want him. What a colossal mistake that was. And... Now Tom Savage is going to come in and save the day. He had a good game last week, but it was the Jaguars, guys. They have two wins for a reason. <laughs> Adam, man. Adam, is it that crazy, man? Anthony's making, you know, this straight jacket kind of stuff. What do you think, man? Is this a straight jacket statement? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's them just grasping at straws at this point. So, yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, ultimately, they ran into a situation where they overpaid for a player who wasn't proven, and, you know, we see it time and time again in the NFL. The search for the quarterback is uh, it sometimes can be the biggest downfall of a franchise because they'll pay a guy who they've seen play well in two games and they'll pay him as if he's going to be the quarterback there for the next four years. And you get through three quarters of a season and realize, oh, shit, we don't know what we have. So <laughs> I think ultimately, you know, is he an upgrade from Brock Osweiler? Yes, but what's that really telling us? I think that's right. telling us that you know Tom Savage is going to be what he is this season. He's going to be a solid backup quarterback who can come in when you need him and put up decent numbers. The biggest thing that Tom Savage does, both for fantasy and for the Texans moving forward, is he knows how to focus on their playmakers. And in this case, that's DeAndre Hopkins. And we saw it last week, and hopefully it keeps moving forward that way because that's really the best thing that he can do both for him as an NFL quarterback and it's the best thing for fantasy. 
Gotcha. So, so are, are you both saying this because do you feel like Osweiler is going to be the quarterback of the future because they've already paid, they're going to pay him all this money, or do you think that there's going to be a third quarterback? No, I was, and I hate falling into that trap, and I just said it myself. I said he's a $72 million man. They only owe him $16 million. That's all they have left guaranteed before they can cut him, which only, right? But this is the NFL. That's not a lot of money for a starting quarterback. So I don't think they're going to be too heartbroken if they have to pay him for another season and then let him go. It's not going to break the team or anything like that. I, I think Adam made a really good point. Tom Savage at least can throw the ball further than four yards, which is fantastic for Hopkins. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I hate putting people down too. Like I hate saying that somebody can't do something. Sure. Tom Savage could be the future of Houston, but I think from an organizational standpoint, Houston cannot rely on that fact that they think he could be, they have to keep drafting a quarterback and hope that they end up with two of them rather than keep hoping that the guy they have is the answer. Gotcha. All right, guys. All right. That makes sense. The next one. Am I crazy if I think Adrian Peterson is going to ball out this week? Adam. Yes. Move on. (laughs) (laughs) No, really. Um, I I don't even know if Adrian Peterson is going to play right now. Um, The last I heard that was still in question. And I'd be really shocked if his usage is to any level that would even allow him to thrive. Um, you know, he's he's in this weird level in his career, coming back off injury on a team that no longer has playoff hopes. It's just, it's so unlikely that he's going to get the usage that allows him to play well. Um, and that being said, that offensive line has just been atrocious all year. Honestly, probably the worst offensive line in the league. And it's been their downfall. And I think that there's no way, even with Adrian Peterson's talent, that he gets going to overcome an atrocious offensive line on a team that really has no hope of moving forward in the playoffs and has no reason to exploit one of their biggest assets in that. Anthony, man, any other, any other opinion on that? And I really, I, I think we learned a few years ago that you should never sleep on Adrian Peterson. The dude's not really a human being. He's, he's beyond human, right? Uh, he can do things that no other person can. But, I mean, that offensive line is really awful. Like, really bad. I mean, he had, what, two yards per carry before he got hurt? So, yeah, I, I think you may be crazy yet again. Yeah, damn Adrian Peterson, man. People see that name. People have, you know, all the experiences of what he's done for them in previous seasons. Like, they just, just grasp it onto that hope, man. Um, but I agree with you guys. The next one, this might be a little bit of a bold statement. This definitely might be crazy. Um, I still won't draft Todd Gurley in the first round next year, even with Jeff Fisher fired. Tony, Anthony, call you Tony. <laughs> Whatever, man, it works. Whatever you want to call me, man. It's your show, right? <laughs> so, listen, most of my answers are going to be like, well, if, you know, <laughs> there are implications right. on most of my answers. Why not? Uh, I, I'm not going to say that I won't draft him in the first round next year. That a lot could happen. Depends on who the coach is, who the coordinator is, the, the system, who they draft, who they pick up in free agency. There's so many things that could happen between now and the start of next year that I will not rule out. Uh, Still drafting Todd Gurley in the first round. Adam? Oh, I'll rule it out now. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I think I think Todd Gurley obviously has an unquestionable pedigree that, you know, allows him to be this sort of 
polarizing player that we're seeing this year is on that negative side of a pole, which, you know, is the extreme. He's in an extremely bad situation. The worst offense he could possibly have gotten drafted into, he got drafted into. And, you know, with the firing of uh, Jeff Fisher, there is a lot of hope that this offense next season can take a step forward. But ultimately, until we know what that is, I can't really get excited about it. And as a first-round pick, the biggest thing that I kind of am taking away from from this season, and, you know, there's always something to learn from every season, but one of the biggest things this year is that the, the, the running backs that I'm really seeing thrive are ones that are in good systems behind good offensive lines, with the exception of David Johnson, because he's just a freak. Um, and, you know, I don't know if Todd Gurley is that level of freak, and I think we're kind of seeing that this year. He's just not that sort of player, uh, and I think one of the biggest reasons for that is he's just not being utilized in the passing game. Maybe that will change moving forward, but uh, but for me, yeah, he's definitely not a lock first-round pick. I think right now Gurley, you know, is going to be really dependent on who they bring in there and what that offense is going to look like next year for anybody to kind of have faith in him they're really gonna have to bring in some sort of big name that that makes you excited about that offense yeah i think i think we all can agree that you know the jeff fisher hiring was in a right going in the right direction but not enough yet we still need more i had a thing this offseason where i refused to draft second uh second year running backs because historically second year running backs are just not very good in fantasy football unless your name is like Le'Veon bell or david johnson i did draft (laughs) david johnson still but uh it, could you see him being like DeMarco Murray next year? So you just end up getting this guy in the third round for an absolute steal. Yeah, personally, I don't think it's crazy. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think that you know if we let him fall that far. I just don't imagine him falling that far. I don't think people will let him go that far. But if he did, I can totally see the Marco Murray thing happening. But again, like you guys said, you know, a lot would have to happen probably in the offseason. We we don't have any idea, you know, what direction this thing's going to go in. But I don't think it's crazy. Do you, Adam? No, actually, uh, the name that popped into my head for it being more similar to is like a Doug Martin career trajectory, where Martin has had just these atrocious seasons followed by gigantic seasons. And uh, I think that it's very possible that Gurley has a similar career. Um, But, you know, like I kind of stated, I think Gurley definitely has the talent. It's just a matter of having the offense that works around him and, and, you know, caters to his, his strengths because... He obviously is outstandingly talented. So hopefully, uh, hopefully they get an offensive coordinator and a coach in there who really grasp onto that and and utilize him. Gotcha. All right. Um, the next one I have it actually focuses around two wide receivers. Um, so you guys, let me know if I'm crazy. Am I crazy if I believe that Michael Floyd, if he stays with the Patriots past this season, will still have a better career than J.J. Nelson with the Cardinals. Yeah, I think you're crazy. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and be the one to tell you. Uh, no, I think J.J. Nelson has kind of shown this year that that he's a player that is pretty versatile. Uh, you know, I, uh, I think moving forward, it's going to be interesting to see what that offense is like if Carson Palmer stays another year or if he's looking to hang things up after this season. Um, there's also been talk of Larry Fitzgerald either moving on from the Cardinals or hanging things up. So there's a lot of moving pieces in Arizona. 
That being said, I do not see Michael Floyd going into New England and learning this gigantic in-depth playbook and being able to, you know, grab on to an offense that is already moving perfectly fine without him. So I don't see next season them having a hole in the offense for him to fill. And I think that that might even be his biggest downfall. He might have been better off going somewhere where it's not as you know, dense of a playbook. It is somewhere where they're looking for a quarter or a quarterback who's looking for just a target to lock onto. Uh, and he's not getting that in New England. So yeah, I, I think JJ Nelson has far more upside. Interesting. Anthony, what do you think, man? Gosh, man, I, I don't know that I can say that JJ Nelson is higher on my list than Michael Floyd in New England. Now, that that's the ultimate trap, right? We we see somebody go to New England and it's all it's it's always Oh, yeah, sunshine and butterflies. This guy's going to be fantastic, and half the time it's not. You make a great point. I don't know if Michael Floyd's smart enough to pick up that system there in New England. Um, But if he is, Michael Floyd's very talented. Maybe one of the most talented receivers that would be on that roster outside of Julian Edelman. They don't have, you know, these huge playmakers on the outside. Malcolm Mitchell has done some good things this year. Chris Hogan, he, he... Chris Hogan's just like the scrappy little dude. He's so much like Wes Welker was, uh, just, you know, taller. Um, you know, but Amendola should be gone. Uh, they, they, they can't draft a receiver to save their lives. So, you know, that's not going to work out. Other, maybe Mitchell works out, but they, what did they have? Uh, that Aaron Dobson who didn't work out. They had some other guys who just were second, third round picks that left. I still would, I still would stick with Michael Floyd, though, I think, in New England over J.J. Oh, especially snap. given the quarterback situation in Arizona. Who the hell knows what's going to happen there? That, that's a big deal not to have a quarterback. I like this, a split on Am I Crazy? And, and you know, I thought it was interesting. I think it was Todd Bowles <clears throat> who said, uh, you, know, he, you know, he used to coach in Arizona, and he mentioned that, you know, Michael Floyd is talented, but he doesn't even know if Michael Floyd can jump up that depth chart that quick in New England. I thought that was interesting that he said that. And obviously we can tell from, I don't know if you guys seen the video released by TMZ, but obviously, you know, Michael seems to be going through some personal issues. So he's going to have to deal with that on top of everything else. Um, But the Patriots, you know, they knew his issues and they still picked them up. And, you know, I don't know, man, it might be if they, if they keep him next year, it's interesting at least to think about. Um, The last, am I crazy if that I have for you guys is, am I crazy if I hate, and I can't use the word hate strong enough, prank Christmas gifts. <laughs> and I mean, oh, I man. hate, I love doing hate people, with a passion. Oh, man. Getting them or giving them? I hate, I hate it both. Listen, I'm going to tell my story, all right? I don't know how old I was. I forget how old I was. But my brother one year, you know, you give your brother gifts and stuff like that, or your siblings, whatever. And one year he gave me a gift and it was like super heavy. It was like so heavy, I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is going to be amazing, whatever this is. And so I opened up all the other gifts. My mom used, used to not give the greatest gifts, I'm not going to lie. She was kind of weak at her Christmas giving. And uh, a lot of stuff, but I returned half of it. And um, so my brother's gift was super heavy. I'm like, he knows me like anybody. Who, who would know me better? This is a super heavy gift. It's got to be great. I save it for last. I open it. And it's nothing but like a box of rocks, broken skateboard wheels, all kinds of stuff. And it was nothing in it. And I was like crushed, man. Like I was like, this is gonna be so good. And I was crushed. And like ever since that, I'm like, I hate prank Christmas gifts. I hate when people that's give. That's not a prank. Yeah, that's it's a, a prank. prank. That's just mean. Yeah. No, that, yeah, that's just a dick move. Yeah, yeah, but then. That's like a jerk. Yeah, but then people give like the fake lotto tickets and all that kind of stuff, and people think they won. And I'm like, I hate Those all of that. Are like this. <laughs> I hate it. 
<laughs> I like when you hide something, like you hide something better within something shitty. Like a couple of years ago, I gave my girlfriend a box of tissues, which was absolutely hilarious because she, the look on her face was priceless. She was so mad that she threw the tissue box which had dvds hidden under the tissue <laughs> yeah see see it's okay if you crush somebody and then you lift them back up but if you just crush them and you're like you want ten thousand dollars on your scratch ticket and then you're like that's not real i'm just kidding and you're like what and you just leave them with that that's terrible man adam sounds like he likes to do this stuff though <laughs> no i i will say the uh the only time i've actually seen one of those scratch off tickets it actually happened to me so I had that that reaction, but I was skeptical. <laughs> I remember scratching it off and being like, "Wait a second! <laughs> like, <laughs> like, no way! There's no way!" <laughs> and there was no way. Um, yeah, the worst thing about those cards if you just turn them over, it says like, "This is not real." Yeah, <laughs> like, this card is gay. But nobody would do that if you had an actual scratch off ticket. But now I've learned. So anytime I get handed a scratch off ticket, I always read the back. Uh, man, but yeah, man. I don't know. Yeah, it sounds like your brother was a jerk, though, man. That uh, that doesn't that doesn't sound like a gag gift. I know uh, my aunt used to always give like it wasn't really a gag gift, but it was really neat. Uh, and and I think it's really cool. I, I'd like to pass it on to my uh, my nieces and nephews and do something similar uh, once they're a little bit older. But uh, she used to always give us like these weird contraptions that were like three D puzzles that you had to take apart the entire 3D puzzle in order to get to the money she was giving you inside of it. Nice. And, like, some of them were a freaking hassle. Like, I remember spending, like, a month on one just to get 20 bucks out of it. Oh, man. But yeah. Yeah, it was really, I mean, it was really, like, this is ridiculous. Like, I just, I just want my money. So it was kind of like a prank gift in that way. But also, you know, it... It was a really good gift in the sense that, you know, it made you use this this thing and, and play with your mind a bit. Yeah, for sure. All right, let me see. Man, it seems like you guys all, you guys prank people and hate them at the same time. So you guys are a little bit of a mixed emotions here. But <laughs> I hate them. I will stand on the record. I hate them. I hate giving them and I hate receiving them. So I will not side with you guys on any of it. Not even a little bit. Not even your tissue I gift. I think it's time to send a... Neil, a, a prank gift. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no prank gifts. No, I'm not giving my address out. Forget it. It's going to be like, Adam got me a Christmas gift. Oh, this is so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Something I did want to bring up. And just, I just wanted to see what you guys thought about this. Because I know personally I hate, um, and I know that's the majority feeling, is that people hate when fans or, or fantasy football fans or players, whatever you want to call them, tweet at actual NFL athletes or NBA athletes or whatever sport they're playing. Um, but I don't know if you guys seen this one with T Todd Gurley. Did you guys see that? I don't not sure. So. Okay. No, I'm not sure if you're referencing. Okay, so there was this um there was this tweet. I want to actually pull it up so I don't so I do it the justice it deserves. So this guy tweets at Todd at Todd Gurley and says if I ever see you in public, we're fist fighting over your fantasy football performance this year. So obviously we all hate when people do this, right? So Todd Gurley actually responds to him and says, pull up then, meaning pull up, we'll fist fight. So what I thought was kind of funny though, and I got I to gotta give credit just for the response from this guy, was he said, I've been waiting on you in the end zone. Where are you at? <laughs> And so while I hate when people tweet at NFL athletes or NBA athletes and say stuff about fantasy, I did find that pretty hilarious of a response. 
And I just wanted to see what you guys think. I, th- I thought it had to be mentioned because I do hate it. I have to admit that I hate it, but that was a hilarious comeback. I... I don't like. I, I've seen a lot of people like you say this that you hate when people tweet at NFL players. I really got to say I don't. I don't care. Uh, they're entertainers. This is part of their job. Yeah, they have to deal this with, is true. I mean, we have to deal with these these people, and we don't get paid millions of dollars. So <laughs> let them deal with it too. I mean, I really, I don't feel an inkling of, of sorrow for them for having to deal with people. You know saying stuff to them on social media it's just keyboard muscles it doesn't really mean anything yeah. i do find it hilarious when players respond though um but todd Gurley wasn't ready for that right yeah there. i don't think he was yeah the, the pull-up then he was probably thinking was going to be the last thing and something stupid was going to come after but saying i've been waiting for you in the end zone you haven't showed up yet i thought that was pretty hilarious adam do these people annoy you adam i i'm just curious when was todd Gurley in an end zone exactly that's the that's the thing he's been waiting for him in there i don't know so he's still waiting yeah. he's still waiting this guy never... is he waiting from like two weeks ago like the last time he scored a touchdown but no. yeah i don't know when he um, scored a touchdown last as sad as it is man. yeah it, it, it i think it was two weeks ago i know he didn't score one at seattle but i think he had won the game before nonetheless i i, I don't know i mean as far as like tweeting at players goes, like to me, it's just it's just sad. It's like what are you, what are you doing? And ultimately, like, well, what they're doing is they're trying to get attention. Yeah. So if you're the athlete and you give them the attention back, well, you know, you do, just kind of. Do, do you think this guy um had this had this line ready? Do you think he had any idea this dude would do this, or this was kind of off the top? I, I have no idea. I don't know, man. It seemed pretty uh, pretty good though. Uh, anyway, I, I, you know, some players welcome it. You see some players talking about fantasy and kind of encouraging it, but I don't know. Sometimes it seems to bother. I think it's just when it gets crazy, you know, when you start threatening people's life and talking about their family and stuff, that's when it gets crazy. But if it's all in good fun, no big deal. But I just thought that one was hilarious and I had to, I had to mention it. Um, yeah, I, I, I did want to... likes the internet troll, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, there's some pretty good ones out there, so sometimes you give them credit. Um, <clears throat> I did want to bring up, Adam, you had, you had mentioned to me that there was a little trade scandal scenario going on in one of your leagues um and so i wanted to i wanted you to bring that up i wanted you to tell us what exactly happened and just kind of get it out there let's put this in the air and see you know let's get some feelings and emotions out there on this and see what we (laughs) think about it so if you could just kind of describe to us what happened okay all right all right so to give you guys some background to set this up um this is a league that i've been in the last two or three years now and uh, I know, like, four people who are in the league, and this situation involves one person who I knew prior to being in this league, uh, and I'm in another fantasy football league with him as well. But uh, to set this up, we, for some reason, this year, the playoffs switched to weeks 15 through 17 instead of 14 through 16, which I hate, um, but ultimately... I didn't even realize that they had switched the playoffs. So in week 14, I was actually playing with the team that I would have been seated up against in the playoffs. So unbeknownst to me, that matchup wasn't a playoff match. But the entire time that I'm watching the games, I was thinking it was a playoff matchup and I lost. And that was actually like a really crazy moment because I lost. I thought I was out of the playoffs. And then on Tuesday morning, I look at the app and I see that that game wasn't a playoff game. And that was kind of a cool feeling. <laughs> so anywho, uh, then last week, uh, this is what occurred. So we had the week leading up to the playoffs. So this is of week 15. For some reason in this league, the trade deadline they made super late. 
literally the trade deadline was the Thursday of the Thursday night games for week 15, which personally I just think is way too late. You should never have a trade deadline that goes that close up to the playoffs in a league. Um, so personally, I'm not going to trade anyway, just on my own personal ethics around it. I just think it's unfair at that late in the season right. to make any trade. So I wasn't going to make a trade anyway. But verbatim, this is what I had texted to me from another player. Uh, and to set this up a little bit, so I was the seventh seed in this playoff structure playing the two seed. Uh, and he was the sixth seed playing the three seed. Is that right? Yeah, six seed playing the three seed. And whoever won their matchup would play whoever won my matchup. Uh, so this is what he texted me. He said, hey, the way I see it, if you trade me Bilal Powell, maybe I can beat my week's matchup, this team called the Stig. Uh, if not, we're both gone. He has Brady, David Johnson, and Le'Veon Bell. That's all he says to me. <laughs> and my response was honestly just on principle. I'm not trading in the playoffs, but thanks for asking me to collude with you. Best of luck. <laughs> Do you guys interpret that as collusion? Because to me, that was directly collusion. He's not, he's not proposing a trade with me. He's literally saying like, hey, how can I get Powell from you? Because it'll help us both out if I win this week. Because there's no way you're going to beat this opponent after I lose to him. <laughs> Anthony, what do you think, man? How would you handle this situation? What a jerk. I mean, first <laughs> off. <laughs> Oh, he's the worst. Don't even get me started. I've had situations with him before. I don't even trade with him anymore because he's just the worst person to talk trades with. But <laughs> like, You want to talk a team that's bad? How about you, who has Tom Brady, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, and you can't get better than the sixth seed? Maybe you should start looking at yourself there, buddy. Oh, no, uh, no. He's talking about the opponent has Brady, David oh, Johnson. The oh, the opponent. I thought he did. And I was like, wow. No, he wanted me to trade him below Powell to fill like the biggest hole in his roster. So he could beat that team last week because that team did actually have a down week last week. And to spoil the story a little bit, this owner did lose to that team. So now I'm up against this juggernaut team of Brady, Bell, and David Johnson this week. But ultimately, like, how shitty would I feel if I did that and then I got to play him this week and then he beats me with Bilal Powell? <laughs> like, it yeah. just... It, it, it's oh my god yeah it drove me crazy so i had to tell neil about it but yeah that's 100 percent collusion i mean he's not even like you said he's not even offering anything he's just like hey give me powell so i can win basically yep mm -hmm. yeah that, that that's that that is definitely foul that is definitely a uh a dirty maneuver and, and look what happened man he lost and you won so i guess a little bit of fancy gods looking down on you guys and said okay i'll reward the good guy and punish the bad guy yeah, hopefully it just uh, continues to go that way for another week. <laughs> no, I have I have guys in my league that I run that joke about that all the time, saying, "Oh, why'd you have to put a, a trade deadline? Now I can't trade you my best players so you can win in the playoffs." Like, what? Why would you think that I want you to do that? <laughs> like, I did all this work to get here on who I picked up and who I drafted, and then I just want you to trade me your best players so I can win. It doesn't. It doesn't even make sense to me. Yeah, people get really emotional during the uh, the fantasy playoffs. I, it just seems to bring out the worst in people. I, I talked to a guy on uh, the Sleeperbot app, and he was telling me how, like, uh, you know, the, the teams who just lost last week, I think it was, like, the commissioner of his league and somebody else, he just started dropping all their top players. So, like, 
the other team he's playing can like pick them up and beat them or whatever. And I'm just like, where you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm not in any leagues that do stuff like that, but I'm just like, why, why do people get so emotional at the playoffs, man? They get so emotional. People just want to flip the metaphorical board over when they lose. That's just yeah. what it comes down to. And I don't know about you guys, but whenever I played board games with people who would flip a board over, my intention of that game was to get them to flip that board over because there's no greater accomplishment than to just get somebody to lose their mind over a board game or in this case over fantasy football. Like to get someone to tilt that hard is just it's an accomplishment. So ultimately, like when this guy reached out to me about it, like my first thought was, wow that's collusion but my second thought was like isn't that sad like he knows he hasn't assembled the team well good enough to win and he was right so at least he was right in that regard but the funny thing about that is he didn't need Bilal Powell the best part is if he would have just played the optimum lineup that week he would have won tell you man fantasy gods fantasy gods man they don't like that kind of stuff and it's the same situation as taking your ball and going home or you know you're playing i don't know if you guys remember playing like when you were a kid like nintendo and stuff and when you're winning somebody smacks a controller out of your hand so they can like oh, yeah. make a play or score or something you're like you know what yeah i already won they, once you smack the controller out of my it. hand i won <laughs> yeah they unplug the game yep they pull the system straight out the wall you're like you son of a bitch my brothers used to reset it oh gosh Hit the reset button i'm like oh, are you kidding God. me Dude, that would drive me crazy. Like fourth quarter of a game of Madden, and they hit reset on you. Yeah, <laughs> it's the all most the time. thing. It's like, but I, I know I won, but I didn't get to feel that win. Yep, it's, it's just, it's just like on Madden now, even on Xbox and stuff online. Your opponent has disconnected. You're like, you're a little punk. <laughs> Makes like, you so I don't mad. Want them to, I don't want them to concede defeat. I want to see the the game tell me that I won. Exactly. <laughs> you want to enjoy the fruits of your labor, man. Exactly. It's, fucking punks anyway anyway um before we go we're into foul or no foul which is what i of course want to get into here but i want to just since we're since we're in championship week for a lot of people i just wanted to ask you guys i'm gonna throw like four running backs at you and you guys both just pick one okay so charles sims ap who we discussed earlier pharaoh and lewis let's just say for argument's sakes it's ppr one point ppr um adam pick one and then anthony pick one out of those running backs uh, it would be Kenneth Farrell for sure. Um, if if we're talking like who would we start, I, I think definitely Kenneth Farrell is going to get the workload there. He is an option in the passing game. So in PPR leagues, he does kind of give you that added asset. And ultimately, he's playing Cleveland. So I don't really know how much else I need to add to that. But it does give him the opportunity to have a really big game and against those other options to me he's got the most upside and the highest floor so it's like a no-brainer i hear you on that anthony what do you think man you pick pharaoh too is it that easy for you yeah i, I was wondering if we were allowed to pick the same person because yeah, I was yeah of go course pharaoh as well that's fine uh, only other guy i'd probably consider there is charles sims because it's buck saints i think is going to be a could be a pretty high scoring game and then sims gets involved in the in the passing game but I think Pharaoh is the, the top choice there. Yeah, I actually have a situation where I'm in a league where I'm trying to get third place just to get my friggin' money back, and Pharaoh is on the waiver wire, and then I have Sims and Lewis on my team, and I was like, do I pick up Pharaoh and play him? Do I just start one of the guys I have? I'm like, I don't know what to do. So that's an interesting situation. You will say Pharaoh is the easy one to pick here, so we'll see what I do. We'll see what I, mean, I do. It's Cleveland, man. It, yeah. They can't stop anything. Yeah, that's true. All right, I'm going to throw four wide receivers at you guys. You guys could pick two PPR as well. Malcolm Mitchell, Amari Cooper, Tyreek Hill, 
Kenny Britt pick two. I guess Anthony, you can go first this time. Tyreek Hill all day, every day, rest of the season. There's no way I'm not playing that guy. <laughs> um, and then the, the other three was was who you had? Uh, Cooper, Cooper, Mitchell, or Britt. Oh God, Kenny Britt's a tough one, right? Because we don't know if Goff's playing, and then who do we get to see? Uh, yeah. Sean Mannion. It's a tough one. It's a great matchup, but I can't I can't go with them unless Goff plays. If Goff plays, I would go with Britt. Otherwise, I am more than likely going Mitchell against the Jets. All right, that's fair. Adam, the same thing or what? No, uh, yeah, to uh, to Anthony's uh, heartbreak, if you will, uh, I I would actually bench Tyreek Hill. Um, I, oh. I I don't, I just don't see it for him this week against Denver. I really don't. Uh, he's to me not like that. He's not that prototypical go-to receiver. He's a spectacular player. He's exciting, but this ultimately is a horrible matchup for him and Kenny Britt has a fantastic matchup. So for me, Cooper is the one who's like a lock and I'd be going Kenny Britt unless I needed like gigantic upside, in which case I could see going Tyreek Hill because he does have that like huge playmaking ability that can come out of nowhere. But after last week, not having a single catch, only having that one big run, it just it doesn't make me feel very confident in in his reliability, especially when Tennessee was such a good matchup for them on paper. Um, so I I personally don't feel like I can rely on Hill, whereas Britt has been Mister Consistent throughout most of the season, and I feel like no matter who the quarterback is back there, they're gonna need somebody to lock onto. And when Britt constantly gets targeted, he just has that opportunity to catch, you know, five for 50 a lot easier than Tyreek Hill does to put up 10 points in a PPR league. Tyreek Hill did score three touchdowns against them last time they played. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, though, and I, you said Cooper, right? And so one thing I've learned on our podcast is that you shouldn't ignore the Vegas odds because apparently they're right a lot. Um, the Vegas has that Indy Raiders game as the highest scoring game this week, so uh, Cooper could be actually be a really good play. Yeah, they're, they're they're right a lot because money's on the line. Yeah, exactly. They don't want to lose all that money. Yeah, I definitely can see both of your arguments. So, so wait, neither one of you picked Mitchell, right? I did. No, yeah, I, went, I went with Hill and. Oh Mitchell. yeah, you went with Hill and Mitchell. Oh, you did go with Mitchell. I'm sorry, I misheard you. I That's thought right. You Mitchell's an so interesting one this week, but I see the Brit thing. You know, he's Mr. Consistent. That's why I put him in there. I put some playmakers in there, some under some guys that haven't been so hot lately, and then Mr. Consistent. So we see where you guys go. You probably just confused everybody just as much as they were before the question, but that's okay. That was really tough, but let me say you could have a team that has all four of those guys, and then you're yeah. in really good shape. Absolutely, definitely could. And you could be starting all four depending on your format, so you only have to worry about the question. Um yep. the, the last one I want to do is a defensive question. DST. Quick quick with DST question. Raiders versus Colts, Titans versus Jags, or Chargers versus Browns? Anthony, who would you pick? Oh, gosh. See, because you threw the Titans in there. It, it would normally easily be the Chargers versus uh, RG Awful oh, yeah. over there. Throwing you off your game, man. Uh, Titans against Jaguars in Jacksonville. Doug Marone's coaching, so let's hope they get a little spark there. I'm going to say San Diego against the Browns. Uh, nice. RG three is good for at least two turnovers. <laughs> Adam, what do you say, man? Are you on that? Are you on that RG three hating Chargers defense here? I mean, it's amazingly difficult to go against the you know the defense playing the 
Cleveland Browns because if that's just the defense, like if you just take all the defenses who played the Cleveland Browns over the course of the season, I have no doubt that they dominated defense. Like they probably scored over the top defensive uh, scoring fantasy team dramatically. That being said, I think that if Cleveland is going to win a game this year, it will be this week against the Chargers because they they only have two games left. So I feel like with that as like the thing to grasp onto, to me, Tennessee and San Diego are the number one and number two defensive matchups this week. And I'm going to come out and say I'm totally biased because in one of my uh, playoff matchups, which happens to be a semifinal because it's in the stupid league that plays the week 17. But in that matchup, I have the Titans defense and I'm going against San Diego's defense. So for the sake of that matchup, I'm going to say Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, if I had to pick, I would probably go the Chargers just because I think their pass rush is going to cause problems. But I do see the Titans and Jags. Bortles is good also for a bunch of interceptions. He's freaking makes the stupidest plays in the world sometimes. So that'll sure. be interesting. Do you guys think? Um, do you guys think the Jaguars are set on Bortles as their future quarterback? I don't. I don't think I don't think you can be set when you you know are playing inconsistent. I think that the NFL just has such a high turnover rate that it's really difficult for for really there to be more than ten quarterbacks on any given season that can feel really safe. Yeah, I guess if they replace him, I I, I would see it being more of like a veteran thing than drafting another quarterback. But I just thought about it because sometimes you see these young quarterbacks and you don't think about them being replaced so you know so quickly. But I feel like man, Bortles is. Just one of those guys that I think, you know, some people may think is safer than he really is. But I guess we'll see how it plays out, man. We'll see how it plays out. Happened that there's a 14 touchdown difference between two seasons. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, but he's always been kind of uh, mistake prone, though, right? I mean, oh, he's still, yeah, he's very mistake prone. I mean, he had 23 turnovers last year. So I think he just had a, a crazy touchdown, you know, situation last year. Same thing with Allen Robinson. Like, you know, his, his numbers were not something that people expected to happen again. You know what I mean? I just think it was kind of one of those situations where nobody expected it, you know, to be a repeat. I don't know if they expected Bortles to repeat, but at least Allen Robinson, a lot of people didn't expect to repeat. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I think it's a lot easier to swallow, a lot easier pill to swallow if the guy's scoring a lot of touchdowns and turning the ball over a lot this year. He's just turning the ball over a lot. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird, man. We'll see how it goes. It's gonna be a lot of quarterback, uh, you know, interesting quarterback stuff going into next season with veterans leaving their teams, young guys getting cut or not playing well. It's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. Oh, the biggest problem is who do you who do you replace him with? Tony Romo, baby. Yep. <laughs> That's going to be the no- name on everybody's <laughs> tongue this offseason. He's good for one play. See where he goes. Yeah, until he hurts his neck again. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. All right, you know guys. Neil, actually, I got a question I'd like yeah. to run by you guys. So that's cool. Of course. Awesome guys. All right, I got I got one that's uh, that's really stumping me this week in uh, in this semifinal matchup that I've been talking about that plays in week seventeen. I've got six wide receivers and I need to play three of these guys. And uh, yeah, I'd be interested to hear your guys' thoughts. So um, I've got Brandon Cooks going up against Tampa Bay, Julian Edelman going up against New York Jets, Richard Matthews going up against Jacksonville. A.J. Green coming back off injury, going up against Houston. I've got Sammy Watkins going up against Miami. And then uh, the last option is Richard Matthews going up against Jacksonville. I think you said him already. Oh, I did? Oh, yep. whoops. Well, we know I who your favorite is. 
<laughs> oh, the last one's Allen Robinson going up against Tennessee. Sorry, same game. My bad. All right, so to run through them once more, we've got Allen Robinson, Sammy Watkins, A.J. Green, Rashard Matthews, Julian Edelman, Brandon Cooks playing three. I'll let you go, Anthony, since you're the guest. I'll let you go first. <laughs> oh, thank you. How polite. Uh, I think Rashard Matthews is going against Jalen Ramsey this week, and he's locked down everybody he's faced. So I think he's an absolute uh, bench right there. Sammy Watkins still hobbled. He still has a broken bone in the foot. He really hasn't done much since he came back. Um, and if Byron Maxwell is playing, he's likely not to do much this week either, so I'd bench him as well. The tough part, so Cooks and Edelman, I think, are definitely worth starting. It's between A.J. Green and Allen Robinson for me. A.J. Green, because he's coming back from injury, and, you know, Houston's defense isn't that bad. That There's a reason they're in the playoff hunt, and it's not because of their running game or their quarterback play, that's for sure. Uh, I hate Allen Robinson, though, this year especially. He has a great matchup, and everybody on our on the TFA podcast loves him, but I can't trust him. So I would go Green, Edelman, Cooks. All right. That, that's not bad. A- Adam, how many do we got to start? Three? Three. Yep, yep, three. Man. <clears throat> this is interesting, man. I, 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 I will say Edelman is definitely in my in my group. So I, I like Edelman. Um, I'm trying to think here. My last two. I got guys I'm kind of on the fence about. I'm actually... Hmm. I might actually go Matthews. I might go opposite of Anthony here. I actually, I actually like Matthews, man. The guy seems to make plays, you know? And I feel like if I just need a touchdown, I feel like he can do it. Because, I mean, Ramsey's made some mistakes. I mean, he hasn't been, he's been pretty locked down, though, for the most part. But I do trust, you know, the Titans to have to keep throwing the ball, have to keep trying to score. And so I like the odds that he can get one by if, if it, you know, if it has to be. He makes big plays, big catches, touchdowns. So I think I have faith in, in Matthews this week. And then... um I'd likely go Cooks also. Yeah, I'd go Edelman, Cooks, and Matthews. All right. Interesting to hear you guys' thoughts on that. Um, right now, I am siding with Anthony. Uh, that is who I have in there right now is Cooks, Edelman, and A.J. Green. Um, but it's it's really tough because, I mean, there there's a lot at play there. I mean, Cooks is probably the one that, to me, is the most no-brainer of the bunch. But Edelman's only cost two touchdowns on the season, which is really tough in standard scoring formats. I don't know if he's going to catch his third this week. It's you know, it's tough to bet on. Rashard Matthews has been Mr. Reliable, but like you said, I mean, that matchup against Jalen Ramsey is going to be really tough for him. And when uh, he had a really tough matchup earlier in the season, which was just two weeks ago against Denver, he got shut down. Uh, Green, you have coming back off injury, playing against Houston, who's been a shutdown secondary this year. So that's a tough matchup. And coming back off injury, it makes me worried. And then you have Sammy Watkins and Allen Robinson, who both have fantastic matchups, but have been so inconsistent that it's so tough to rely on them. So yeah, it was a it was a tough one for me. I'll, I'll be interested to see where I end up uh, come Saturday. But uh, but yeah, right now I'm sitting with Cooks, Edelman, and Green in there, and uh, hoping that the the talent rides out. I'm siding with Anthony on this one. I'm siding with Anthony. Well, well full, dis- <laughs> full disclosure, I am a Dolphins fan, so the Watkins analysis may be a little biased. listen listen you guys are going with each other that's okay i'll be the eye man out i'm gonna go over shar matthews man that's what you get for liking a scrub receiver there man Man. Uh, we talk about rashard matthews for a second though because he's a guy who next year i think is going to get underdrafted dramatically he has been phenomenal this season i mean the run that he's had over the last oh god 
I mean, basically from week five on, he's just been a great fantasy play. I mean, with the exception of like two weeks in there, each week he's been above 10 points in a, uh, in a standard scoring league. And really, I mean, in PPR leagues, he's just been really, really reliable touchdowns almost every week. I mean, he's a, he's a guy who going into next season with Marcus Mariota, getting another year in that offense, I'm really excited to see how he develops and, I feel like people are going to overlook him big time. In, in all seriousness, who's been more reliable, him or Kenny Britt? Not no 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 jokes aside here. Seriously, uh, he has definitely because he's had the touchdown upside. Um, um, Britt only has five on the season uh, to uh, Matthew seven, but uh, but Britt has kind of had that that PPR reliability. I mean, he he often catches you know four or five balls a game, if not yeah. more than that. So interesting. You know, they they both you know. Have, have shown themselves to be these kind of underrated number one options on their offense because, you know, neither one of them are in prolific offenses. But I think Tennessee has much, much more upside as far as the offense goes than the Rams ever will. Yeah, for sure. Well, I was we really sh- sad to, I'm sorry, Neil. I was really sad to lose Matthews uh, from Miami. I probably would have much rather kept him than drafted Leontay Carew this year. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he, he flashed in Miami, too. It wasn't like he didn't do anything. You know, he flashed kind of like how he's doing in Tennessee. It's just they're giving him more of an opportunity to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, we get annoyed by that in Miami because we draft these guys in late rounds. He was a fifth-round pick or something like that, and then we let him go. And it's just like, well, what was the point of developing him then? To prepare him for the Titans, of course. <laughs> 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 no other reason, man. That's it. All right, guys. Well, we are going to go to foul or no foul, my favorite part of the show um in case anthony in case you don't know i'm gonna lay down the rules for you really quick adam knows the rules adam 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 knows them and everyone listening hopefully knows them but in case they don't so basically i'm just gonna throw out statements to you um some of these statements were submitted by listeners some i've just made up um and if you agree with the statement that i say then it's a no foul but if you disagree with the statement then it's a foul pretty pretty straight up easy to understand Pretty easy, but okay. Pretty easy. All right, and we'll and we'll go back and forth with you guys again. We'll let Anthony start. Adam go behind him, and then on the second question, Adam, Anthony, and that rotation. Um, and these these questions are not all fancy football; they're just random stuff. So it's that time again. <laughs> Let's play another round of foul or no foul. Um, the first one, I'm not sure if you guys watch a lot of NBA or care about a lot of NBA, but there's been a lot of guys with like healthy scratches where they don't play, even though they're healthy. They're just kind of resting or whatever. So the statement is. NBA teams healthy scratching or sitting a player is understandable. Foul or no foul, Anthony? Oh, foul. Come on. Do we have to talk about money again? (laughs) (laughs) It always comes back to money. It always comes back to money. I know it's relative and people say that all the time. I don't give whatever. But, uh, yeah, come on, man. Play that. You, they only have what 82 games a year or something like that. Just play the games. Yep. 82, man. 82 games, and they have to sit some of them. Play all of them. I want you in every single game. You, you agree, Adam? <laughs> Not at all. Are you kidding me? Play every game. Yeah, 82 games. Like, that. that's actually what people... Like, I don't know. To me, any sport other than the NFL has so many games in it that most of the regular season, I think, is a wash. Ultimately, the teams that win championships are teams that are healthy and playing well in the playoffs so why not 
nurse your players in a way that's going to have them exceed the most in the playoffs. I, I mean, I get it from like a, you know, you want to go to your favorite sports teams game and always see the stars. You don't want to, you know, go to your favorite game and not see your favorite players play. But ultimately, when you pay money to watch a sport, you're paying to watch the team, not a specific player. And for me, it's one of those things where if, if I'm a coach and I'm looking at an 80-game season, of course I'm going to rest players who might be nicked up because ultimately one game doesn't have nearly as much of an impact as it does in like the NFL, for instance, where it's one of 16 games. All right. I'm, how, uh, I'm not familiar with how long the NBA season goes. It's what, October to when? Uh, I don't know when. I think it ends in... That's a good question. You mean when does the the regular season end, or just the... yeah? When does the regular season end? Uh, I have to pull it up. I don't. I don't want to like get it wrong and then everyone blast me for it. And that's what people like to do. So I won't just say it off the top of my head. I will have to look it up really quick. But I, I and I'll look it up. But it, it also like Adam. So just like okay, you're saying from a team standpoint. Um, but say you brought your five year old or something to watch the game and LeBron sit in, and you tell your son, hey, you're not gonna get to watch your favorite player play. You know, the guy that I spent hundreds of dollars for you to see this, you know, see him play and he's not going to play. You don't feel like that's kind of messed up? I mean, it's kind of messed up. But You're like, hey, he doesn't want to play for you today because like, he's totally fine and just wants to rest. You understand, little Timmy? <laughs> hundreds of dollars, too. That's that's the point right there. I mean, the money doesn't come that easy to us. But we're dropping all this money to see LeBron James play and he's sitting on the bench in street clothes. Exactly. Come on, Adam. We make them rich, man. Oh, you don't listen, make them they, rich. Been the billionaires for... who write their checks make them rich, guys. They, oh, they've been off for listen what, to this guy. Seven months right now. I mean, they had six or seven months off. That's plenty of rest. Now they can play. Okay, I mean that's fine. But if you're trying to win a championship, I don't understand why you would force your guys to go out there and you know test injuries or you know test nicks and those sort of things when. But they're healthy scratches, right? Or this well. Yeah, I mean, I guess Adam's looking idea, at it. Who's the healthy? The idea of a healthy stretch is, yeah, it's very relative. I mean, when you're playing, you know, an 80 game season, how healthy are you, regardless of if your sport has a lot of contact or not? I think that just being an athlete comes with a lot of, you know, feeling injured, feeling worn down, and pushing your body past where it goes normally is how you grow. But also, if you're doing that constantly, it's also how you can cause injury. Yeah. And yeah. I, think, I think Adam took the reasonable approach and Neil, you and I took the, the self Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he took like the coach, you know, team approach and we took like, I'm bringing my kid to the game approach. Um, Man, would you rather see LeBron play in the playoffs or would you rather see him play a regular season game against the Wizards? Well, let's see. I'm not going to get affordable tickets to the playoffs, so give me the regular season game and uh, I'll watch the LeBron sit in the playoffs I'm for my TV. Um no, but seriously, uh, it says here that the uh, just so for all the people who want to make sure they get the stats right, um, the the playoffs, the NBA finals start in June, June first. So that's kind of where that's how long the season goes. But um, I did see Allen Iverson, who recently got um, got he was out there. I think it was a Hall of Fame he got into or something. Yeah, I think it was a Hall of Famer, or, or maybe it was just a Sixers Hall of Fame or something. I don't know. But he was even saying, like, you know, for the, you know, I, I come from a different era of basketball. I don't know how you guys, you know, rest on healthy games and stuff. But eh, it is what it is. You know, there's different perceptions on that. That's why I wanted to bring it up. And I'm sure there's people screaming at Adam right now and people screaming at us right now. That's all right. 
That's how it works. I mean, that that holds so much true for the NFL, too. Think about these old-time guys watching the game nowadays where you can't touch a quarterback or you can't touch a wide receiver and thinking, man, my life would have been a lot easier if I played now. Yep. Who who is it? I think Ronnie Lott. Didn't he get, like, his finger cut off just so he can keep playing? Like, in a season? I think he, like, hurt his finger bad and he needed to, like, get it amputated or something just so he can keep playing. I don't know, man. He was awesome. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't question that. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Adam, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Toe in the company line. It's all right. It's all right. The next statement I have here. Four NFL games in London next season is bad for fantasy football. Foul or no foul, Adam? For fantasy football, it's just bad for football. So it's a no foul. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand it. Um, you know, the Thursday night game thing, the going and playing in London, the you know goal of making the game international, you're gonna hurt the sport. Ultimately, these long travel or these long trips, these these situations where you're constantly traveling, it puts a lot of stress on your body, and ultimately, it just makes for an inferior product. Now we're seeing with the slate of games that they are sending to to London that. They're not like the best teams, and there's probably a reason for that because ultimately they don't want to have these huge, impactful games go over to London. But it just creates a poor product. And I mean, we've seen it all season with almost every game that's been played internationally hasn't been that exciting. And then, furthermore, these games on Thursday nights often aren't that exciting. And personally, I feel like if you want the best product for, you know, a just great nfl game it's gonna happen regularly when they have these sunday games even the monday games are fine because they actually give one extra day saturday games that we're gonna have this weekend probably are gonna be all right but you know when you're cutting into short weeks when you're causing extra travel it's just putting unneeded stress on these guys and it just i think ultimately hurts the product yeah anthony what do you think man i think that the nfl should continue to pursue uh, a team in another nation and listen just a quick mention of the thursday night games i really hope they get rid of them i cannot stand thursday night games they just the short week really kills the product and i i do agree that the the london games haven't been the best but there's not enough american teams to support the sport anymore st louis bombed out on their team right so now they had to go to la where L.A. in the past hasn't been able to support an NFL team. There's a reason they left in the first place. So as soon as the Rams start sucking, as they will and as they do, they're going to lose their support. There's plenty of other things to do out there. San Diego voted down the stadium proposal. So now they're looking for a new home. Oakland is looking for a new home, maybe in Vegas if the league will allow it, but who the heck knows if they will. So the NFL kind of gets in its own way as far as keeping teams in the States because, well, the Vegas thing, right? And then <laughs> that you're, you're running out of cities. Where else are you going to put these guys? I think you're not going to have a choice at a certain point. You're, you're going to have to take them overseas. And I think the first couple of years of an overseas team will really hurt. But I think in the long run, uh, it would actually make the league more successful. Okay, so two things really quick. Number one, the Raiders are at home wherever they play, okay? Because the Raider Nation goes like <laughs> rolls like that, all right? That's the first thing. So we don't even need a home field, all right? It doesn't matter where we end up. Um, number two, are you saying there should be a permanent team in London? I think there will be a permanent team in okay. London at some point. Yep. Interesting. Adam, you think that's possible? Uh, yeah, it's possible, but it's the worst idea ever. Uh, I'm sorry. I just, I think it's terrible. 
I think if you're going to cause teams that are irregularly traveling, because they're in this rhythm of what they do week after week after week, and you disrupt that so much when you have them travel to London, that if you have a team whose home games are in London, all those home games are going to be an unfair advantage because you have teams that are traveling such a distance to get there and disrupting their entire weekly practice schedule up until that point. And then when you have them traveling out of London back to the States to play, they're at a disadvantage. So I, th- I honestly, I don't ever see how it could work out to have a franchise in London or really anywhere that's that far away. I'd encourage much more that if we're going to expand outside of the U.S., we expand to Canada like they have in the NHL or to do something where it's not going to impact players dramatically from a travel standpoint. Gotcha. Interesting. I, I, yeah, I think I, w- I would be down with with rather seeing a team in Mexico or in Canada, but I'm not fully opposed to uh, having one in England either. That, that's the scheduling stuff, but that's just that's something they'll have to figure out. And if they decide the same thing that Adam said, that it's just going to be too much of an advantage or a disadvantage, then they'll ultimately not do it. Gotcha. Hey, you guys got... You guys both got good points on this. I mean, the permanent team in, in London just seems crazy. It just seems like a lot of work. Um, but then again, when you're the NFL, you know, you think you have no limitations. So I, I can see them trying it. But it does seem like a lot of work. Um, Mexico, Canada seems easier. But still, it's all a lot of work. But I don't know. They make so much money. Like, seriously, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if it really matters. But it's it always comes back to money. Yeah, again, we just keep coming back to money. It's pretty interesting. It's, it's, it's just it's hard to feel sorry for these guys. It really is. I mean, you think about how much you work and and what you get paid compared to these guys, and it's just like I'm sorry. I have a hard time feeling sorry for any of their situations. No, I got you. I agree with you on that. Um, the next one, and this is something I just seen today. I think it was today. Um, a spring league for NFL free agents kicking off. Foul or no foul, guys. Yeah, I remember hearing about this a little while ago as well. Um, I, I mean, I'll say no foul. I don't know about you guys, but I'll probably watch. <laughs> like, It's not something I'm going to dedicate a lot of time to. But uh, but yeah, if one's actually getting off the ground, to me, that's that's exciting. Yeah, and I, I don't know if it's associated in any way with the NFL, really. Like, I don't think players can be like allocated to it in any way or nothing, but it's some kind of, you know, just another way, I guess, for free agents to be shown and, you know, be put on display. You, you, you like the idea of it, Anthony? Yeah, I like it. I mean, it's finally an NFL-sanctioned development league, right? I mean, we've seen so many of these leagues try to start up, but they don't have the funds to do it. So maybe since the NFL seems to be funding this one, it'll it'll actually last. And it's a cheap cheap alternative, right? Actually, it looks like the NFL is not involved. (laughs) So I just looked it up because I I was curious uh, because I hadn't heard about it yet. The NFL is not involved. Uh, CBS just reported as, as of today. Didn't they have it on their website, though? Yeah, I'm looking at it from ESPN.com right now, and it says the league to be run by independent investors with no connection to the NFL. And it does Uh, say in the next paragraph, it says NFL internal discussions continue on the potential for its own developmental league. So so then then I'm going to call foul. There's been too many of these leagues already. It's just uh, until we have an NFL sanctioned one, they don't have the funds to, to survive. It's. Only the Arena League can do that, and I don't know how they're still around. Yeah, that's that's a mystery in its own. I don't know how that works. We'll see, but I, I agree, man. These things don't usually play out too well. You know, we, we, we see it in the NBA, though. We see it in Major League Baseball. 
if they got their organization tied to it, you know what I mean? Baseball behind it, NBA behind it, it works. So I don't know why the NFL hasn't done this yet, but hopefully this pushes them a little harder. The last... What was that? Sorry, it, it is fun to see the guys that you haven't seen in a while. Or like oh, yeah. you thought dropped off the face of the earth. You're like, oh, sh- that guy still exists? He's still alive? We might, like the we... UFL a couple of years ago had a bunch of those guys. Yeah, they, they probably won't have like all the strict rules and stuff either like the NFL has. You know, Manziel will probably be playing out there and stuff. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> it'll be fun to see those guys. So it'll be, it'll be, it, it's always fun. More football to us is always more fun unless it's on Thursday. So. I'm starting down. the fantasy leagues for it. That's the question. Yeah. Oh yeah, right. That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's got to happen. Uh, so, so more football is good, except London and Thursdays, right, Adam? That's what I say. Hey, right. I mean, it might be maybe starting our little three week fantasy league here. However long this league lasts. Um, the last. I'm on board. With that. Yeah, I'm on board. We'll do it. We'll do it, guys. Even if it's just us three, we'll do it. Damn we it. We have to keep our own scores, right? Yeah. We'll have yeah, to. Right. We'll have to ask Darth Pyshai to get his class to help us out. Um, the last foul or no foul. I'm going to get a little bit political here, guys. Someone should take Twitter away from President-elect Donald Trump. Foul or no foul? <laughs> I don't know about you two, but this dude is driving me fucking nuts. And Dude, his phone has got to look so tiny in his giant hands. <laughs> <laughs> He's driving me ape shit. I hate, I hate Donald Trump on Twitter almost as much as I hate prank gifts on Christmas. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to play nice with Trump. I mean, I had my guy that I liked in office for eight years, and people who didn't like him had to deal with that. So I'm trying to to do the same thing now. It's extremely oh. hard, though, right? Hey, listen, I'm all wanna, I'm all for you giving Trump a shot dream. in office, but not on Twitter. <laughs> That's my gripe. You can give him a shot in office, just take him off Twitter. But how crazy is it that, like, we're in this day and age that, like, that's how the president communicates with us is through 140 characters. Like, let's let's not even try and joke about it in the sense of, like, there is something really magnetic about the way Donald Trump is tweeted always, like pre-presidency. For years, like, I see people retweet things that he tweeted out in 2013, and it's just like he. I don't want to say like he got it because it's not, I don't think it's a good thing that he got, but he like, he understood how to be viral. Like oh. there is something to that logic of like creating something that is a viral hit. And, you know, we see it constantly with YouTube, but Donald Trump got elected on being viral. Like that is what he was. He was just viral internet clips constantly. So Twitter is just a part of that. It, it's a part of the craziness. Yeah, it, 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 it's in. no question that he mastered 140 characters. Like just just the way he words things was like, you know, this guy is no good, garbage, won't work. Da da da. Like he just nails the little short jab statements down. Like he knows how to work the 140 characters. I don't know if he has somebody helping him or what, but it's become very annoying, man. It's like. The- Worst part is, is all he says is stuff that you like joke with your friends yeah. about uh, as like, hey, look how stupid I sound. Ha ha ha, <laughs> laugh at me. That's what he does. When it, when when is he gonna tweet out Tyreek Hill, twenty four yard touchdown? Yes. Like this guy's gonna join fancy Twitter at this point. I mean, this guy's like all day on Twitter. So you screw those intelligence meetings, screw all that other stuff. I'm on Twitter, I got this. Like it's crazy. Join a fantasy league with Donald Trump. Yeah. Join a fantasy league. I'm surprised we haven't seen that yet. I see all these uh all these things, all these like things that the the Trumps are doing, like charity, this charity, join this, pay a million dollars, do this with us. 
Come on, man. Trump starts a fantasy league. I don't know who's not donating to that. It's it's yeah, just just take away Twitter from the man. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. It's very simple. It's not. I'm not asking for too much. Oh God! Why did I Google Trump Twitter? Oh, oh you'll be there all night, man. You did. Neil, hey. I blame you for this. <laughs> this hey, this listen. Simple. You've had me Google some messed up stuff, man. Remember that time you had me Google that kids game? What was it, hopscotch or something? You had me Google. Uh, you had me Google something. Never played hopscotch. No, I was like, oh, no, no. He had me the 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 the, the, the hit. Yeah. Couple of ring around the Rosie, man. Yeah, the history of ring around the Rosie or something. Yeah. He tries. He tries to ruin your life with Google searches. <laughs> yeah, I think it, the, the the history of a lot of things in this world would probably shock a lot of people. It's just, yeah, not, it's, it's something you want to avoid typically. <laughs> Don't learn, children. If we can, if this podcast can teach anything, just stop learning things. Stop learning know, things. I don't know if you guys hard. have ever seen like the Murdoch mysteries. I'm just obsessed with like crime shows, but this one's based in the late 1800s, and they often reference things that exist nowadays. It's it's a really well done show, but like they call heroin the the wonder drug in this show. It's just, it's too funny. <laughs> That's what people actually thought that heroin was the the healer of all things. Yeah, when you go back and see a lot of the stuff that people thought, it, it, it is pretty hilarious. Um, you watch a lot of TV, Anthony? I watch a lot of Netflix. You watch a lot of Netflix. You ever watch like yeah. Westworld, Game of Thrones, any of those things? I, listen, I've heard so many good things about both of those shows, but I have yet to watch okay. either. I don't have HBO, so I'd have to kind of jack somebody's uh, username and password so I can get on there and watch them, but I'll have to make that happen. Yeah, we, hi- we we highly recommend Westworld here. At least me and Adam do, but... He won't. He won't. He won't recommend Game of Thrones like I will. But he, we, you know, we're big. We're big I fans. Like the, I watched like the first three episodes of Game of Thrones. That is a really brutal friggin' show, man. It is. It definitely like, is. Really brutal. <laughs> Life is brutal, man. We just talked about our president tweeting, man. Yeah. Well, our lives are not brutal compared to that. What we watch every day is brutal. <laughs> Trump tweeting is brutal. Prank Christmas gifts brutal. Game of Thrones not brutal compared to those things. That's all right, though, man. You'll you'll get to them when you get to them. Let us know what you think, man. I will let you know. <laughs> I do want to do my three shout shout outs of the week really quick. I like I just started doing this. I like to give guys shout outs, people who have been interacting a lot. So shout out to Darth Pie Shy one more time for being the teacher of the year in my eyes, clock dodger eyes for teaching this kid damn fancy football. Um, also shout out to Mind Knuckles on Sleeperbot, big time interactive, you know, interacts a lot, asks a lot of questions. So he's awesome. And shout out to the guys at, um, housemoneyfancy.com. They run a, a website, uh, a video show on YouTube for DFS advice and stuff like that. And recently had us as a unofficial sponsor of their show. So shout out to those guys, show them some love. Anthony, before we let you go, um, let people know where they can find you, the website, the podcast, how they can support you, man. So many things. Uh, thank you again for having me on the show. By the way, really appreciate it. Give us a chance to kind of spread the word about uh, the Fantasy Authority. Uh, people can check us out at thefantasyauthority.com. We have a team of about ten to twelve writers right now who are just constantly pushing out new content each week. So uh, there's always something new to read on the site. There. Uh, me personally, you can reach me on Twitter at the one and only PZ. It's the number one, uh, not spelled out. So the the number one and only PZ. Uh, you can listen to our podcast. We record live every Tuesday night at nine o'clock on YouTube. If you don't, if you can't make that, then we uh, launch it on Thursday mornings on iTunes, Stitcher, and any other podcast listening service that you use. Uh, 
called the Fantasy Authority Podcast. Nice and simple. Yes. Has it been confirmed that you are the one and only? Or is that self-titled? It's self-titled. I'm not quite sure if I am the one and only, but uh, I believe on Sounds Twitter good, I am. Though. So gonna I go mean, with it, yeah. You're the one and only. Listen, Adam here is the other FF guy. The other He's FF just the guy. other guy. Just, you know. The other guy. The other guy. That's so, a good name. I like that name. I like it too, man. I think it's pretty creative. I worked really hard on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, man. Um, you know, Fancy Authority does good stuff over there. You guys do good work. Obviously, the podcast is great. Um, it was fun being on the show, so thank you again for that as well. It was fun having you on this show. Um, and, you know, it was great. Adam, you enjoyed it, right? Yeah, it was a blast, Anthony. It was, it was, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. We'll have to um, – yeah, we're actually going to take a break this year. So last year of the podcast, we went all off-season, right? Uh, not something I would uh, personally recommend. It was exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> we got no break from football, so this season has been the longest season I've ever endured. But – we are taking a break. We'll be back for the fantasy uh, draft, though. So if you guys are big fantasy draft people, I'd love to, to get you guys on. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. We'd be, we'd be down. Adam, you'd be down? For the yeah, NFL for draft, sure, not man. fantasy draft. You know what I meant. The no. NFL draft. No, of course. The NFL draft. <laughs> yeah, yeah that'd, do, be, that'd be a blast. Are you guys going to have articles still going all offseason or no? Yes, we will have articles all off. Okay, so at least check them out there, guys. If you do, go on iTunes, something, subscribe, leave them a review. Uh, love supporting other, other good podcasts, other good people. Um, so definitely, um, do that, do that, do that, do that. Is there any last message you want to send off here, Anthony, before we let you go? Adam usually drops the ball here. This is where he usually is like, Oh, uh, uh, you have anything well, good? I'm not sure when this is going to actually be live, but I would like to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa. If you celebrate that and happy new year, of course, uh, thank you to anybody who also listens to our show, listens to clock Dodgers. Neil has been uh, a great friend of ours since we first started talking earlier this season. Um, he had that first bout with Kevin, our, our boy Kevin Steele. I think it was on Periscope, right, you guys? Yeah, yeah. Had some yeah, I was stuck there. in traffic. He joined me for a little while, you know, kept me company. Yeah, but that's that's about it. Uh, happy holidays to everybody, and thanks to everyone for the support, especially you guys at Clock Dodgers. We really appreciate it. Thank you, man. Likewise, Adam, I was just kidding, man. You give great ending shouts. And, and You want to wish the people happy holidays, too, or something, man? Oh, uh, what? Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, truthfully, everybody uh, have a happy Christmas, Hansa, Kwanzaa, and uh, really, more than anything, have a wonderful, wonderful championship week. I hope lots of Clock Dodgers out there win their championships, just like I'm going to do. <laughs> so, guys, best of luck in your matchups, and uh, let's go and get one. All right, guys, it's back to wrapping Christmas gifts, and all that kind of stuff. So again, thank you, Anthony. Where thank you, you Adam. <laughs> Appreciate you both. You guys are great. Like they said, we wish everybody happy holidays. Don't forget clockdodgers.com, Clock Dodgers podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, everywhere. Please subscribe. Please review. It means a lot. It helps the show out a ton. If you could do that, we appreciate it greatly. Anthony, Adam, you guys have a great night. Good night, man. Double A's. Peace. Double A batteries right here. <laughs> they just keep going and going and going. Exactly. There's that cell magic. There's that energizer. I can't I can't keep up. Who knows? Later. Visit clockdodgers.com for more unique content. Connect with us now by following at Clock Dodgers on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope.